is with us now one more time we have to celebrate what is really really awesome can we give it up for the middle school teacher of the year come on give it up for Corey one more time man how awesome is that and don't forget just because some people tune in when we watch the message only welcome we're glad that you're watching but we really do need your help let's band together so that we can bring those instruments and we can continue to solve some problems and we're just so proud of her so one more time come on I need a lot more of that come on y'all come on Big deal, man. We're super excited. All right, so if you're here and you're wondering what this series is that we are currently experiencing, it is called Solving Problems. And that is what we as a simple church want to be known for. We want to try our best to help solve problems in our community and around the world. It's just what we love to do. So if you're joining us now, we're about, this is the third week, you missed two weeks, go to our YouTube page. And here is what it looks like. Close to 3,000 subscribers already. People watching from Africa to North Dallas to Washington State. People watch literally from all over the world and we're super grateful for that but if you're not experienced with that or if you're coming in from out of town we had someone this morning come all the way in from Keller Texas three hours she's watching now Marcy give her a little love she's driving home right now give her a little love Marcy thanks for watching and this is the best way to catch up on what's going on and hopefully hopefully you'll go and watch some of the first two if you missed them and the reason I say that is everywhere I've gone over the last couple of weeks people are like man this series has really helped me it's just right on time. So I'm super grateful that you do watch and that you're here today. Now, the reason I bring this YouTube page up is because I'm old school. So if there's any old school people in here, where are my old people at? Come on, old people. I'm an old guy. I'm an old person. And back when I was growing up, you didn't have YouTube, all right? You had TV. Y'all remember this? This is what it looked like right here, all right? Young people, you had three channels, 3, 6, and 12. Can I get an amen on 3, 6, and 12? And the only way that you could change the channel is you had the youngest person in the room get up and go, go change that channel and put it on three, all right? You had to literally go up and turn that dial to get to the channel. And then something miraculous happened. It was in the 80s. All the 80s people, where y'all at? Let me hear you. Amazing. You ready for this? It came out. It is called cable TV. And this box sat on top of your TV. Nice wood grain, didn't it? All right. So it blend in with your unit. And then you could bring it on out because it had a cord that was attached. And you could go from not just 3, 6, and 12. You could go up to almost 50 channels right there in your lap. It was awesome. And in that whole process, it was changing culture, just like YouTube is changing culture now. Well, even back in the 80s, there was something very different. You could watch cable TV now. They had home box office, which was first time you could watch movies at home everybody's getting excited about it now you stream everything but let's be honest now it was more fun when you went to the movies and I know not everybody agrees with that but me personally I don't want to stream everything I want to go to the movies and we're going to do a new series coming up starting August 6th that is going to celebrate that 
And just to get you hyped up a little bit and have a little fun with it, for 16 years, Simple Church has been using TV and movies to kind of educate, teach, and have a little fun and connect the Bible with culture. And this series is going to do a great job at it, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. So here is the shameless promo for the series coming up after Problem Solving. Watch this. And action. Come on, anybody excited about that? Come on, help me out. I promise you, you're going to have a lot of fun with it. And if you have a favorite movie you want us to feature, share it on our social media. Tell us the story of why you want to do it. We're going to be working out some awesome stories and connecting it to the Bible. It's going to be a lot of fun. And speaking of fun, I also want to teach you today. Remember, you're in summer school right now. This is problem solving. And what I'm going to try to do, I'm not going to use a chalkboard. I mean, that's old school. I'm going with what we love to do and we've been doing for a long time. I take things from culture, put them together, and try to help you throughout this lesson. So I've edited some clips together from TV, from movies, and even music. The first thing that's going to kick off, I have a feeling you'll recognize it. And since we're talking about problem solving, this could be a little fun just to get us started. It's about 20 seconds. I think you'll like it. Watch. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while DJ revolves it. There, problem solved. 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 Yeah, that's what we're trying to do today. We're trying to solve problems. That is the goal of why you're here today, why you're watching online. We really want to get the problem solved. Now you go, well, Justin, how are we going to do that today? Well, first, you got to ask yourself, what is the problem you're trying to solve? What is the thing that is overwhelming you today or messing with you a little bit and you're trying to find the solution but you don't know what to do or where to turn? Now, if you're in the American culture, if you're alive at all, if you're paying attention, you will understand that there are a lot of problems out there. A recent survey described the problems that America is facing and here is the list. It gives you even percentage of people that said this was our biggest problem. And you'll see it, you're familiar with it. It doesn't matter if it's poor leadership, economy, immigration, high cost of living, inflation. You understand that these are all a part of the world that we live in. And it messes with us. I mean, you wake up and you begin to get worried about the future. You're worried about what's going to happen with this or that. And all of these things affect us. So if that wasn't enough, then we look at personal problems. Not just what's going on in the world we live in, 
But now, what about our home or our own personal life? This is some more statistics, some more data of people in America, 40% roughly, are working through some mental health issues or substance abuse. So I know that in this audience, there's a lot of people going, man, I get it. As soon as the first service is over, I walk out, a young lady stops me and she goes, I have been overwhelmed with anxiety. I'm just telling you, thank you for today's lesson. Because you and I both know that all of us have friends, family members, or are battling ourselves issues that sometimes consume us. It's enough to make you worry yourself to death and you begin to ask that question, what can we do about it? And it really is a great question. What are we gonna do with everything that's flooding our minds and our lives? So here is the reminder, it's remedial class today. Remember, summer school, I'm trying to teach you. And we all need a little refresher on a approach, a way to solve the problem of being worried or consumed or overwhelmed by everything that's happening in our culture and our personal lives. Now, I need to go ahead and say this before I play the clip. If you're an old person in here, you're going to go, oh, yes. If you're a young person, you're going to say, oh, me, all right? And you go, well, why would you say that, Justin? Well, because back in the day when we had that old box TV, 3, 6, and 12, we finally got to cable, they used to run commercials. And when these commercials would come on, you could spend a penny and they'd send you 12 CDs. Anybody remember that, old people? All right. That's why it messed your credit up still to this day. That's a worry for you because they had all these different things that were going on. But you would get drawn into these. And I would turn the channel quickly when I saw this info commercial come on. But then my mom would be like, hey, amen, amen. So what am I talking about? Well, here's a way to solve problems today. Watch. One day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking from you. Just give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be mine. Lord, help me today, show me the way, one day at a time. For $9.99, $9.99, it can be yours today. And here's what, some people are clapping, some of them are going, please don't tell me you're going to do that again. Why was this song so popular back in the day, and what does it have to do with us today? Well, it really is a reminder of whatever you're bringing into this room, family problems, emotional problems, worried about the economy, worried about America. You go through all these different things. This really is great advice. One day at a time, and even in the little lyrics there, you saw this, and let me modernize it for you a little bit. This is on Etsy. Recently, they're coming up with these little you know, plaques, these little wall sayings that you hang in your house and it says, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift. That's why we call it the present. It's all about focusing on this day, today, right now, because yesterday's gone. Tomorrow you don't know what's going to happen. And so it's a lot of truth in this, but it's not very easy to do. And a couple of years ago, I guess it's been now a little bit over 10 years ago, actually, Rick Warren, a guy out in Saddleback, he got up and he was speaking on uh, the fact that many churches had purpose statements in ours, love God, love people, and solve problems, and you can put it on t-shirts, or you can hang it on the walls of your business, but his statement still rings true with this. 
Many of you have a little plaque in your house and, you know, worry less and, you know, trust Jesus and whatever it may be. You know, we're not worried about the past. You know, we got to be in the moment. Well, here's what his statement, and it's still very true today. It's not about what hangs on the walls, but rather what is happening in the halls. Now, let's just press the pause button and reflect on this for a minute. You got kids, you got grandkids, you've got friends, you've got family. Would they describe you as a worrier? Are your kids today overwhelmed and consumed with worry? Because this is what's happening is although we'll have great old songs like that, one day at a time, one day at a time, you already get it, right? Or you've got these little plaques you hang on the wall, and you're like, oh, that's right. But then the truth is you get living life and Man, the business is not doing like it used to do, and maybe relationships are struggling, or you see your kids trying to find their path, and that causes anxiety and worry. And you start going, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through it? And it's just the idea of going, it's not about what pictures you hang on the wall as far as statements as a church or as a home. It's really about what's happening in our lives. And so because we're in remedial class, we're in summer school, in Problem Solving 101, I'm going to ask you a few true or false questions, and you have to participate. Is that okay, class? Let me hear you. Come on. See, 930 is so much more energetic. 11, I need you to be on my side. Are you with me, 11 o'clock? Come on. Thank you. See, it's kind of participation class. I need your help. So here's the first question. Out loud, I want you to say true or false when I put the question up. Does this statement ring true? Worry helps our health. True or false? Okay, you know that, but isn't it crazy how we still hang out here? We lose sleep. You know what I'm saying? Some people are like, man, my sleep is horrible right now. I got a nervous stomach. I've got well, somebody, a nervous stomach is a good stomach. You've never heard anybody say that. Ulcers, not good. Blood pressure raised, not good. Having heart attacks, not good. But yet somehow we continue to worry. So we know it's not good for our health, but yet here we are going through those motions. Here's the second question. Answer this. Worry brings joy. True or false, class? Of course. Of course you know this. So here, just have a little fun with it. What if, if you're in the process of, it's still the summer, summer school, what if we're trying to plan a vacation? How about this as a vacation? You ready? You go to Monday and you're trying to get your worry vacation started. So what you decide to do is be consumed with the economy. And all day Monday, all you do is get up and go, man, my finances are a mess. You keep looking at your 401k and thinking you don't have enough and you worry about what's happening in your jobs. And Monday, you just spend all day worried about that. You know that'll just bring joy, won't it? Tuesday, you decide to wake up and go, all right, let's see what disease I have today. All right, you begin to Google search. You're the WebMD. Oh, this, I think I feel a little pain here. I got this little going on. I'm sure I have this disease. Oh, look what these are going to do to me. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to go on. That's a great way to spend your Tuesday or Wednesday. You go ahead and make it more specific. You hate your job, and so you begin to just think about how much you hate your job and what are you going to do and is your company going to make it and now it's more personal and so you spend all day Wednesday doing that. Having a great week so far, aren't you? But don't forget it's just Thursday now, so now you'll think about how you're going to die, all the ways that you can die. That'll be fun. Then you get to Friday and you're like, all right, man, if that wasn't enough, how about Friday list all the characteristics that everyone hates about you? That'll be fun. So just get up and go look at Facebook and everybody's mad at you. Just write them all down like, oh, this is true. This is great. And then you begin to say, well, okay, I'm almost done. It's Saturday now. So now just worry about your family. Worry about the kids. Worry about your wife. Worry about the future. And just see how much joy you have. Because then when you wake up Sunday morning, you're going to wake up and look in the mirror and you're going, man, I'm fat. I can't wait for a diet. This is going to be awesome. 
Because you already know that none of these things are true. It doesn't bring you joy when you worry about your weight, when you worry about your career, when you worry about your kids, when you worry about all of the stuff that we get consumed with. And the last question is one that's pretty easy, but you go ahead and see if you can answer it. Worry solves problems. True or false? But yet every day you spend countless hours worrying. Silly, but we do it. So here was Jesus' advice. And this is where I kind of have to go myself because I can relate. I can worry about the church. I can worry about my kids. I can worry about the future. I can worry about, you have a little shoulder pain. You're like, I'm telling you, I got cancer in the shoulder. I know I do. I know I do. And as you age, everything that hurts, you begin to just think, oh my gosh, it's my back. Something's wrong. I'm going on. I don't know how I'm going to make it. What are we going to do? And then Jesus comes along and he says stuff like this. You ready? Give us each day our daily bread. Now, if you don't know anything about that, it's kind of like, okay, what is this all about? Well, Jesus was in a Jewish culture. And they were very familiar with the Old Testament, the front half of the Bible. And there was a guy by the name of Moses in the front half of the Bible. And the beauty of the Bible, you get to see the whole story. So Moses and the Israelites, you got to understand, they were in a bad, bad, bad situation. They were in slavery. There was tragedy right and left. People were dying. People were being tortured. They were not in any kind of situation that was going well. And then they, by the grace of God, escaped. They had freedom. And how they got this freedom was through miracles. It was this unbelievable story. You remember the parting of the Red Sea. You had the plagues. You had all this stuff going on. And somehow, through the power of God, they miraculously get to the new place where they are now free. In the middle of this freedom, they forget very quickly where they had come from. And they start worrying about where they are right now. It, kept, it crept in very quickly. If you go to Exodus 16, you will see it. The whole community of Israelites began complaining again, 100%. These are Baptists. This is where it all started, right there, all right? That's a joke. I grew up that way. I'm just telling you. We all know it. Everybody, they get in there, it's like, oh my gosh, I thought the whole community, I can't believe we're here. I can't believe this is happening. The whole thing's, you know, messed up. I don't know if we'll ever get out of this. So then they said, it would have been better if the Lord had just killed us in the land of Egypt. At least there we had plenty to eat. At least we had food, everything that we needed, right? But now we've brought us out here in the middle of the desert to make us die of hunger. Give us this day our daily bread in the New Testament. Was Jesus reminding them of where people were in the Old Testament? He was saying, hey, you know how back then, and I'm fixing to show it to you, you had to trust God to provide for you. You had to trust God for what was going to happen tomorrow. And you did at one point because he helped you get to freedom. He helped you to move on. But here they are, they've experienced this freedom. They are now out of slavery. They're on this new journey. And they begin to complain immediately. I'm telling you, if I'm God, I'm zapping them right there. They're gone. But aren't you glad that God's not like us? He's patient with us. Because the truth is, is I, I'd be frustrated. Hey, man, we just parted the Red Sea. We have provided. We have met your need. You are free. But now you're beginning to whine and complain and worry quickly. So here comes the Lord. God himself speaking to Moses. He tells him something that is miraculous because I don't know that I could do this. 
Don't know that I would do this, but thank God for God. Because look, even in the Old Testament, then the Lord said to Moses, I will cause food to fall from the sky. And this food will be for you to eat every day. Every day the people should go out and gather the food they need for. Say it. One day at a time. Gather the food they needed for that day. Now here's the rest of the story because I'm going to continue. Watch what he does. I will do this to see if they will do what I tell them. See, because they was like, hey, man, I'm going to tell you what to do, but will you go, are you going to pay attention or are you going to still be consumed with worry? Are you still going to be worried about the future or are you going to remember what I've done and who I am? Because every day the people will gather only enough food for, what's it say? One day at a time. Now, isn't it fascinating that in God's plan, it was not a weekly plan, it was not a monthly plan, it was not a yearly plan, it was a daily plan. Many of you right now, you're looking at your finances, you're worried about you got your 401k, oh my gosh, you know, whoever's in office is going to reflect my 401k, and I don't know if I'm going to make it. So you go in, you look, oh my God, oh my God. You're like, honey, we got money today. Oh, my God, we're going to make it. Let's go eat two chives tonight. Woo! Then you wake up the next day, you run back in here, and you look again. You're like, oh, my God, we're broke. Peanut butter and jelly, we should have never done this. What are we doing? And you ride the stock market. You ride the success of your business. You ride the failure. And you're going, oh, my gosh, oh, my God. And that worry, whether you admit it or not, it's all in there, man. And you begin to get consumed with it, man. What's going to happen with the economy? What's going to happen with the election? What's going to happen in church buildings? Because remember, I'm there too. I'm not, you know, immune from this. You're trying to build a church for the first time. We're trying to figure out contracts, get all this stuff done. You're like, oh my gosh, this is going to happen. Are we going to finally do it? Are we not? What's going to happen? You know, my dad, brain, brain cancer, walking through all the stuff he's going through, your health. I'm like, well, if he had it, am I going to get it? I mean, get a headache. And you're like, I got it. I got it. I'm telling you, I'm gone. And then dropped off my oldest at Tech this past week. Emma's about to graduate. Egan got a full-time job trying to, are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? Are they going to be okay? And everybody in here, I think, if you're honest with yourself, go, man, I get it. And why? Because I'm worried about the past. I'm worried about the future. And I am not looking at this daily plan. You're worried about your business. You're worried about your kids. You're worried about your relationships. Whatever it is, like, oh, what's going to happen then? And you're missing the day that he's giving you right now. Now, if you're a new Christian, you probably won't know this name. If you grew up in the church, you'll probably be familiar to it. It's a guy by the name of Max Locato. If you're ever in Second and Charles, go into the Christian section. You will find a ton of books written by Max Locato, an amazing writer. You need some encouragement, something to listen to. He's really, really great at it. Well, Max told this story when he was trying to teach his kids and his grandkids, because as I said, they're looking at us. You have your worry and your concern, go to their social media, go to the way they live, they're overwhelmed with it. Anxiety is at a rate that has never been expressed before. Why? Because they're comparing themselves to everybody else like we do. They begin to go, I'm not as skinny as them. I don't have as nice a car as them. I'm not as talented as them. I don't get to go on the trips that they go on. Sound familiar to adults? The same for kids. So Max pulled all his kids, his grandkids in the living room, and he's like, hey, listen, there's a story about the way God provided. 
And it was about this word called manna. Now, most people didn't know what manna is. Most of us in here, we've never heard of manna. But there's different perspectives on what exactly it looked like. But some say that it came from this nut and it could be made into flakes. Others say it was literal flakes that came down. And God only gave them enough of manna to provide for one day. If they tried to store it up, it spoiled. They couldn't do anything but use the food that they had for one day. Now, they got a modern version of actually using manna, and this is just in case you want a diet plan. There it is right there. There's the fruit and nut manna bread, right? Good news for the old people, it's high in fiber. Can I get an amen? All right, moving on. Well, why in the world would you be talking about this? Because manna was the food that was provided to the Israelites to get them through, to daily meet the need. So Max gathers his kids and his grandkids, and what none of them know is he's trying to teach them how to depend on God, how to look to God when you're in a bind, look to God when you're worried, when you're consumed, because he will meet your needs. So what he did is he got a ladder, and he hid Nilla wafers on top of the ceiling fan in the living room. How cool is this? Have you ever seen a Nilla wafer? Man, they're good. So he didn't know it. They didn't know it. He got the remote to the fan, and he held it in his back behind his back and he began to talk to him about how listen when you're in a bind and you're needing God to provide for you look up and God will provide these kids are going okay grandpa okay dad whatever we get it well about then he hits high on that fan and Nilla wafers begin to rain down from the ceiling <laughs> they ain't ever forgot it he's like Nilla wafers you know they're grabbing them and running ah, having fun running around and then as the moment kind of reaches its crescendo and they're sitting back down he's like don't ever forget what God does and how he works and they're like what do you mean grandpa keep looking up look whenever you're overwhelmed and consumed the nilla wafers are coming from the sky here's the deal if you want to know how he's going to meet the need look up how will he meet my needs by you going all right God I'm not going to look at the economy. I'm not going to look at the jobs. I'm not going to look at anything else. I need to get my eyes on you. And when everything else is going on around me, and I'm tempted to look at everything and anything else, God, just give me the ability to trust you, to keep looking up. Psalm 121 says it like this, I will lift up my eyes from where does my help come from? See, you think it's the next sale. You think it's, man, if I can just seal this deal or if I can just get this economy going, if we can just get this person elected, if I can just get this settled, everything is going to be better. And he's like, no, no, this is the key. And we're all bad at it. You're an American. You think you can do it all on your own. You don't need anybody until your health goes. Take it from my dad. My dad looking at me, man, I thought I was going to have till 93. It can all change in an instant. There's another young couple recently. They came to me and everything's good until their child gets a diagnosis that kind of makes you go, wait a second. They might have cancer. And your perspective begins to change because, listen, where does your help come from? We have great medical professionals. We have great doctors. But I promise you, when it looks like there is no hope and you don't know what to do and they're trying to figure out the best plan, you have to go, all right, God, this baby's in your hands. God, my life is in your hands. I can't fix this. I don't know what to do. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. God, you're the one who made everything. You can handle it. And the great news for you, for me, I don't care if you're a young person struggling with anxiety or you're an old person that struggles with anxiety. 
Young person, it's overwhelming with social media. Old person, it's like the news and everything that's happening. And the older you get, experience tells you to worry more. Young people, you're like, oh my gosh, my social media is telling me this is out of control. I don't know what I'm going to do. And all this worry is consuming us. The good news is God knows exactly where you are and he knows what you need. He knows what you need today. He knows what you're going to need tomorrow. And the goal of getting through this, and I know you don't believe me now, you go ahead and keep doing it your way. Remember, because worry's adding joy to your life. Remember, worry's keeping you healthy, isn't it? Worry really does solve all your problems. You keep doing that then. Or we can really try to solve the problem and go, God, help me to keep my attention on you. Matthew 6, 34 says it like this. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Right now, in this day, and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, think about it. Aren't we all worked up about what's going to happen? Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Oh, my God, my dad. You know what? Uh, okay, we don't know how long he has. But we got today. We don't know in this room, like, what's going to happen. But we got each other. We got today. You're here. Enjoy that moment. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen. As it continues, it says, God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. The truth is, you can trust him. You can trust him. Keep your eyes on him. Give your attention to him. Don't get lost or sidetracked by all this other stuff like, all right, God, help me. You want to solve that problem? Keep your eyes on him. I love this quote. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. You know this to be true. I know this to be true. Man, the more you get consumed to worry about something, man, you just don't feel like getting out of bed. You're not sure you can face tomorrow. You don't know what you're going to do. And he's like, no, listen, man, you can't even function like this. How am I going to make it today? How am I going to make it tomorrow? Year after year, what are you going to do? Class, I need you to warm up your voice. Because how are we going to make it? One day at a time. I got one guy, brother, I'm going to give it to you, son. He went for us. Wait, Jesus. And it's so true. How are you going to make it? How am I going to make it? One day at a time. Psalm 118, you ready for this? This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad when? Today. Don't let tomorrow's anxieties and worries rob you of what you have been given today. At the end of every service, and I don't even know how I started this. Somebody asked me, I'm like, I don't even remember. What do I say when you're going to walk out of here? I'm like, hey, until next week. I'm like, why did I start that? I don't know. But let me tell you what I have learned through it, though. His talk is cheap. Like, I can tell you, hey, man, until next week, peace. And then y'all walk out of here and immediately you start worrying about where you're going to eat and how long the line is. You ain't got no peace right there. <laughs> then you worry about how you're going to get out of the parking lot. Then you're going to worry about, what time do I got to go to work? Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. You, it just overwhelms you. You begin to just worry immediately. So then I went back and I started doing a little more research. I've done a series on it. It's on YouTube, by the way. It was on peace. But look at what Isaiah says. God, you give true peace. Not just an empty, hey, me giving you peace. My prayer is that you would experience what God really does want for you in your life. True peace. And how do they get it? By depending on him and trusting in him. 
So when we talk about all the things that are going on, and there's all these things to worry about and stress out about, but here's the key. If you want true peace, one day at a time, Jesus, I depend on you. If you want true peace, one day at a time, Jesus, I trust you. Now, I'll talk about it a lot, but I'm going to talk about why peace is a big deal to me and why one day at a time is a big deal. You know, I'm chaplain for the fire department in Bossier now. It was a pretty busy weekend. It's actually covering on call for the police side of things as well. And I don't talk about this a lot. I'm not going to give any details. I'm just going to tell you this, that when you walk out of here, and life hits you with things that you don't think you can handle and you don't know what you're going to do. You have to be able to go to someone that you can depend on and someone that you trust to help you get true peace. It was a tragic situation this weekend and I sat down with the young man and his father. And I asked him, I said, hey man, you got any faith background? That's how I start almost every conversation as a chaplain. Man, you got any faith background? got any kind of spiritual background. The reason why is, man, they can have any kind of faith. Man, it could be all kind of faith. And most of the time, we're in the South. They're going to say something, yeah, man, I grew up this, or I do that, or whatever. Now, remember, these are bad situations. They're not excited. It's always the worst of the worst. I don't ever come in and it's a good day. This is the worst of the worst. So already in my mind, as I'm driving, I'm trying to go, God, I need your peace. I need, I am dependent on you, and I trust you. Help me when we walk in. Well, in this situation, first time that I can recall the young man, 14 years old, says, what are you talking about? I said, man, do you have any faith background? He looks at me and tears in his eyes. He goes, I don't even know. What do you mean by faith? This is the truth. I said, well, do you have any kind of spirituality? His dad, who's sitting over there with him, looks and said, hey, man, that's my bad. I said, what do you mean, dad? He said, man, I didn't teach my kids anything. He don't know what you're talking about. And I thought, man, when you need Jesus, and when I looked at him, I said, hey, you may not have had any before, but this might be a great time to start. This might be the moment that we go, this is it. Can I pray with you? And both of them, before I could even finish the statement, yes. I'm telling you, you think you can solve your problems. You think you can figure it all out. There will be something that is so big, that is so overwhelming, that would cause you to live in this anxiety and this worry that you go, I don't think I can function. And what I am telling you is true peace comes when you understand you can depend on him and you can trust Jesus. And in those moments you go, Jesus, I just come to you. Man, I, I, I got nothing else. Because God knows how to solve problems way better than you and I. That's what he does. That is his specialty. And guess what? He uses you and I to be a part of that. Sometimes we're able to help somebody solve a problem. Sometimes somebody else is helping you to be reminded, like maybe even today. I had a young lady in the earlier service, drives all the way from Keller, Texas, three hours and 15 minutes to come to church, and you complain about that 10 minutes. Forgive you, Lord. Just kidding, because we all do, don't we? She's even getting baptized, watches online, deciding to give her life to Christ and getting baptized, coming to Splash Kingdom. She came to our family event. Now, you're talking about next level, and you go, why would you do that? Man, when you're hungry, you're dependent on him day by day. 
And when you go, Jesus, I need you today. Come on, man, help me, help me. I'll do whatever you want me to do. What do you want me to do today? I'm going to do that. What do you want me to do today? I'm going to do that. And then step by step, week by week, you begin to go, all right, God, I trust you. And man, peace begins to flood your life. And you begin to realize that not only does he solve your problems, he helps you to be able to solve other people's problems. And that's what I love about you in the Simple Church. There's people in this room that helped me solve problems this week. I'm eternally grateful because you could be consumed with your own problems. But when I call, I go, hey, man, I need this. I need that. Cliff Bland was one. Louisiana State Police. I'm like, hey, Cliff, I could use you. He's like, I'm here. Local business in town, Johnson's Furniture. Hey, man, I could use you. He's like, man, I'm here. Why? Because, listen, we get to be a part of giving peace and being a peace agent. And how we're doing it is by depending on God and trusting him to meet needs and solve problems you and I can't solve. And when you get to that place, it's like, wow. All right, God, you really do provide. You really do come through. You really do answer prayers. And you go, well, can you give me a modern example? Remember, I like using TV, movies, a little bit of music. But today you're going to get another TV example. And this is one when you go, does God really care? Can he really work something out? This is an unbelievable story. But when I show you the story, here's what I want you to remember. The guy that actually experiences it, he had to be obedient. He had to trust. He had to do the right thing, just like you and I. And watch what happens when he does. Watch. Many homeless people are haunted by drug addiction, mental illness, or a criminal past. Indeed, Elmer Alvarez knows all those demons. But he says just because a person is without a home doesn't mean they're void of character. For example, the day he found a check... I will never forget that day, right over here. For $10,000. Right over here. Had you seen that many zeros in your life? No, well, not <laughs> really. <laughs> the first thing that came through my mind was, I gotta look for this person. First thing you're thinking wasn't like, I can go cash this check and change my life? It never crossed my mind, because I made a decision to turn my life over. I've been clean for three years. Congratulations. Thank you. I didn't even know I dropped this check. The money belonged to New Haven, Connecticut real estate broker, Roberta Hosky. Where's he at? She recorded her meeting with the Good Samaritan. And I expected to find a guy all nice, cleanly shaved in a blue suit like you. That's not what you got? Uh-uh. <laughs> Instead, she got Elmer, who cried when Roberta offered him a reward. And it shattered the stereotypes. This all happened about a year ago, but the best part of the story is what has happened since. She helped him find an apartment, paid his rent for seven months till he was back on his feet. She also put him through real estate school, and together they're now working on a little real estate project. Won't make him a dime, but it could be very rewarding. No, he identified the property. In the next year, they plan to build a transitional house for homeless teenagers and young adults. The house will provide all kinds of services that Elmer says are crucial. I know what it is to be homeless. Nobody deserves to live like that. No. Roberta could not agree more. Because I remember. I remember what it felt like to be in that shelter. That's right. Before she built her multi-million dollar company, Roberta was also homeless. A teenage mom who worked her way out of poverty and is now offering Elmer a chance to make his dream come true as well. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Eventually, he'll serve as an advisor at the transitional house. You could end up helping a lot of kids. Yes, that's what I want to do. A lost check. It's amazing. Leads to a found. 
purpose. We need that. How cool is that? Come on, y'all. And you're worrying that God can't meet your needs. This is a homeless guy, man. Could have done the wrong thing, but chose to do the right thing. And how does God solve problems? Through us. It's a hint for next week's message, by the way. Probably of this series, next week's is my favorite sermon. Why? Because it's a reminder to all of us. Stories like this. Reflecting on how God puts you in the right place to be able to teach you something. And to try to help us to get over this worry. To try to help us to be able to say, all right, Lord, I trust you. I can depend on you. I can trust you. Give me true peace. And help me to teach my kids. So when they're confronted with a situation that's unexpected, they do the right thing. And then God rewards them and shows them, you can depend on me. You can trust me. But the question is, I guess, is can we be trusted? Will we learn? Will we be like the Israelites and begin to whine and complain? Or will we finally get the truth of one day at a time? Sweet Jesus. How am I going to get through it? How am I going to make it through today, tomorrow? One day at a time. Last time. One day at a time. <laughs> Boy, y'all did good. Choir. See who said Simple Church don't have a choir? Y'all knocked them out. So as you get ready to walk out of here, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that you give us stories from the Old Testament to the New Testament to right now in the modern world of how we can trust you. Lord, we get so consumed with looking at stuff that's not important. Our 401 accounts, Lord, our job situations, social media, the scale, all of these things worry us, consume us, and we look at Google MD, we're going to be the doctor, we're trying to figure out all this other stuff. And the truth is, God, we just got to learn to keep our eyes on you, to look up. Because you're the one who meets our needs. You're the ones who promises to walk with us and help us through it. So if someone's watching today online, somebody's in this room, they're going, man, I need that help today. I pray that they would, just like I try to do every day and like I did many years ago. Jesus, I need your help today. On my own, I cannot do this. And I surrender my life to you and I ask you to change me, to help me. And I know that my salvation is a one-time decision, but Lord, my following you is an everyday choice. One day at a time. Not a weekly, not a monthly, not a yearly, but one day at a time. For someone that needs that lesson, I pray that they would apply it. Lord, as we all walk out of here and we struggle with it, give us the strength of the Holy Spirit to be able to do it. And I thank you for them watching. I'm thankful for them being in here. And I thank you that your blood covers our sin, that the power of the resurrection gives us hope today no matter what we're facing. Help us, Father, to trust you. In Jesus' name we pray.